Hello, everybody. Welcome to God Quest. You're in for a great time. We're going to talk about the family and young people with a very special guest. I'll see you in a minute. Welcome to God Quest. I'm your host, Miles Young, and I am delighted and honored that you took time to join the podcast today. And I am excited for our guests that are here, that is here with me today. Uh, his name is Jordan Coleman. He's from Sacramento, California, and uh, he is a powerful young man, anointed, uh, a young preacher, a worship leader, a singer. And uh, But we're not going to talk about those so much as we are what he also does, what we'd say on his day job. Uh, Brother Jordan, I am delighted that you're here with us on God Quest. Thank you so much, Pastor Young. I'm, I'm very much delighted and honored to be here and to be able to speak to this audience and have this chat with you. Well, wonderful. Uh, you, you're involved in a, a very needed field as far as your vocation. And I also know that that field of training is also lending itself to ministry, uh, even in the kingdom of God. And probably you've learned a lot for even future ministry. So let's, let's talk about what you do. Uh, you were, uh, uh, grew up in this church and, uh, have been, a very integral part of what we do worship-wise, and God uses you beyond our local church uh, conferences and churches and and all sorts of things. But your day job, you play a very important role in families with children. I'll see if I get this right. That have special needs. Some of those uh, maybe autistic children, even some at-risk children. Uh, and, uh, some of the stories that I've heard, uh, one, one that jumps out in my mind, uh, I want to visit. Uh, but before we do that, uh, you, you were a student at, at USC, a very illustrious university and uh, got the training and then Sac State. And now, uh, kind of what is your title? And you just recently, the last 30 days stepped into a new, pretty significant role here in our city. So, um, to kind of trace back, I've been in this field for four and a half years, and I started off um, just in what is called ABA, which is Applied Behavioral Analysis, which okay. is um, reinforcement-based training for uh, kiddos that are dealing with autism and related uh, disorders on that spectrum, so okay. Asperger's, things like that. Um, I moved into contracting in, at the end of 2020, and I started doing behavior support, um, contracting with school districts in the El Dorado County um, and then also behavioral consulting is when I started incorporating the family into it. I started doing that um, about a year and a half ago. Okay. And that's smaller sessions, like one hour, you know, with the parents and the children. Things so like with that. parents and the children. Right, right. Okay. And that's where we incorporate the family. Um, but now I'm still doing the behavior consulting and I do that, you know, a couple of times a week, either in the evenings or in the mornings, because my new job has a lot of flexibility. And this role is called. Uh, well, it's with the Sacramento County Office of Education. Uh, okay. We call it just SCOE. If you talk to anybody in education in Sacramento County and say SCOE, they know exactly who we okay. are. So we operate independently of the districts, but we work with all the districts. So in Sacramento County, there's 13 districts serving over 600,000 students. Wow. There's, there's a lot that can be done. And so I am a family and health systems navigator. Um, the purpose of that role is to meet the needs of children on campus that need more support in the field of mental health and wellness. Okay. So these are children that are in a normal school. Right. So it's not like a special needs school, 
but these are children that need some kind of support structure to help them get through. Right. Okay. And for whatever reason. Um, and so my job is to connect with the student body and with the support staff on campus so that I can help identify and get students or kiddos enrolled into these programs um, that benefit them. And so we have a clinic on the campuses that I have, um, which are seven campuses in the Sacramento City Unified School District. We have a clinician on campus that has been assigned by SCOE. And that clinician is licensed and is able to provide mental health and wellness um, clinical um, sessions to this to the kiddos for whatever they may need. Okay. Um, we also partner with resources from the community um, to refer. So, for example, if we have a kiddo that we notice right now needs support, well, we're in the last two weeks of school. I okay. can't in good conscience have them start therapy with a clinician on campus and they're going to open up this Pandora's box and then be gone yeah. for two and a half months. Okay. And then we have all this unsettled stuff. So my job right now is to connect with them and to be there so we can help get them identified and able to have the support that they need for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and it pulls from all my backgrounds. It's ma my background's mainly behavior, right? I've come in when kids are dealing with what, with very expressive I call them behaviors, and a lot of times they're misinterpreted. And so that could be because of autism. Okay. It could be because of emotional trauma. It could be because of oppositional defiant disorder. We call ODD. That's how it manifests. And But there's something behind it. So Something causing that. Right. So there's more than just the kiddo who's bad or a teenager who doesn't want to listen. There is something behind that. And my job is to get them in a place where they can receive the support to overcome those challenges. That, that, that's a a growing and needed uh, thing. Right. Uh, I see this even in the church, like with Sunday school, especially children that may ride the bus or come as guests. And uh, honestly, I see it even, even in some of the children of families that are in the church. Um, and for me, knowing you, knowing your character, knowing your passion, you love kids. It's, it's pretty obvious you love you love kids. And to see you pouring your gift, your studies into trying to help these children uh, is a powerful thing. And I'm glad that it's an apostolic that understands that there's a bigger picture than, than just this, this terra firma. We're part of a heavenly kingdom and there is hope for every family, hope for every life. Um, what would you say that... For, let's let's use Sunday school. That's the obvious. Okay, I'm a pastor. I'm dealing with church ministry. Not so much. We have a school here, uh, but let's let's first of all let's attack it from uh, these behaviors. There's a pretty good chance they're going to show up in a Sunday school class. So if you were just if you had, you know, three minutes with Sunday school teachers, what is some like? I know you can't go get a degree on this podcast, but is there a few things that they could be aware of that would help? either downgrade the, the, the emotional outburst or something that you're looking for as a Sunday school teacher, maybe with a kid that you only see once on Sunday, you know, for an hour. Right. So um, with children, you have to first establish this baseline of, of two things. Um, this is what we would consider a humanistic approach in the field where I'm appealing to your humanity. Okay. Um, the first thing that you really need to consider is that every child has that longing for relationship okay um just like any human being 
you know, there's part of you in your soul that needs that fulfillment from a relationship with God, but there's also a part of you that needs that fulfillment from a relationship with peers and with family. And, and so even like a child that right. has these issues, they may not be able to say that, but that's there. Right. It's there. And a lot of times these outbursts, like I said, they're misinterpreted because it could be a cry for attention. There's, there's actually a basic, a basic principle within psychology and childhood and that childhood development. And that is that everything we do is to either gain something or escape from something. Okay. Everything we do is either to gain attention, to gain um, what's something that we're in need of. You know, babies cry, they need food. Babies cry, they need to be changed. Babies cry, uh, they they want to be held. They're trying to gain something. Okay. Or as we get older, we're trying to get out of something that's okay. gain and escape. And so when you see the behaviors that kiddos are having, especially in a Sunday school type atmosphere where you might only be with them once a week for an hour, hour and mm -hmm. a half. Um, you have to consider that and you have to understand that that relationship building is, is the key. Understanding that they are that human and they're longing for that connection. And then you need to find somewhere to connect. You need to understand that it's not about trying to put some a, a kid child, a teen, we experience this in teen class too. We're not trying to put you in a box of what you're supposed to do when you come to church. Okay. We are being the church and we're being an extension of God's love towards you. And so rather than focusing on what you are doing that is wrong, I can find a way to give you praise for something that you did that was right. I'm so glad you got up this morning. You put, you put together your outfit all by yourself. It might not match at all. <laughs> you put together your outfit all by yourself. Good job. And then there's a smile that comes on their yeah. face, you know, oh, you ate all your food back there. That might be the only full meal they got that yeah. week. And, or you ate half of it. You good job. You ate more than you did. Find something to give them that praise for. And then you get that smile. That's the easiest way to build a relationship with somebody is to, is to make them smile based off of something that they did. And they feel that you value them. Right. They feel that value. They feel that you've placed importance on them, that you see them. And then you begin to build a relationship. And it, it goes longer than any amount of sit there and be quiet yeah. will ever go. Or what happens if you're doing an action song and we're going, Megan Melody's in my heart and you go thumbs up and they're like, woo. And some kids like, yeah, yeah you, you did bet. That's better than sitting there. You know? Yeah. And, and so we, a lot of times we try and put children into this box of what they are and aren't supposed to be. When in reality, we're really just supposed to be reaching them kind of where they are. Now, discipline is 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 in order and there's yeah. there's things that come with it. But especially when you're dealing with children that that are coming from perhaps troubled backgrounds. And, and you know, a lot of times as Sunday school teachers and as youth workers, youth leaders, we know some of the circumstances. Something's going on there. We can give grace for that. Yeah. And that's something that, that they see. And it's that connection um, that goes a long way. Do you have any, just off the top of your head, any material that you would recommend for any any Sunday school uh, teacher or youth leader, someone that's working with children or young people that they could uh, that they could go to just gain some insight to make them better equipped to to kind of move through some of these situations? Yeah, there's there's one thing. Um, this specifically would apply to youth leaders that are working with yeah, teens a lot okay. of times who are are showing different behaviors. Um, and this is kind of like a more of like a ministry type tool as well. 
Uh, there's a book called G Jesus PhD Psychology. I don't know if you've heard of it. Jesus PhD um, Psychology. No, I, I haven't heard. And it basically gives a psychological outlook and in in an inward take at different scenarios that Jesus encountered in his earthly walk. Okay. And then there is a lens of psychology that's put over it. And most of it really does line up with things that he experienced. And so what that tool gives us, and it basically it's everything. When it says he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, he was at all points tempted like us. Uh -huh. It really wasn't. When you look at it from a psychological standpoint, you're like, oh yeah, he dealt with anxiety. Oh yeah, he yeah. had periods of depression. Oh yeah, he dealt with this. He, he dealt with these he things. lost loved ones right people he dealt with grief and, yeah. and and abandonment you know yeah. those are real real things that a lot of times that's what kids come to us with and teens the teens are a little bit easier at once we get in there with them with that relationship and kind of express that um, and so being able to have that tool allows you to have a middleman when you have not experienced what a child has experienced that's that's a lot of times the disconnect in church culture is that you have this church that has this is like their third or fourth building and that gradually the trend tends to be churches once they build their building they they kind of go to the suburbs and you know as churches get more and more blessed that's that's a great thing but it, it sometimes emphasizes a disparity between, between the church that child people. that's coming right this is so different than than, right, my, than what they know, my, my you know we're pulling kids out of the projects yeah. and they're coming to this you know 16 18 20 million dollar building you know, in the suburbs with all these people that drive cars that are fifty, sixty thousand dollars and they just feel like you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. And the reality is there's nothing wrong with admitting that you don't. Yeah. The the best thing you can do sometimes to connect with a person in general, but especially with a child, is to say I was wrong because kids will call you out. <laughs> Yeah, kids. they say that illusionists are magicians, you know, mm -hmm. sleight of hand. They say the hardest people to fool are kids. Are kids. And kids pick up on the small, the things you don't they understand. See every, they see They it. see here every hypocritic thing we do. Right. And that was my second point from earlier is that, yes, you want to meet the kid where they are, but above all else, you need to be consistent because they're picking up on these things. And so when you don't, when you can't empathize, with their experience. Empathy means that you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Sympathy means I can look down and see your plight and say, well, okay, I feel bad. That's a bad situation. I can recognize the situation, mm -hmm. but I haven't been there. So when you can't empathize, sometimes you need an extra tool to sympathize. And this book for me has become a great tool for me to help sympathize That's with excellent. young people. So what's the title again? Jesus PhD psychology. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. Thanks for that recommendation. Uh, a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, time slips me. Uh, we live in California and you encountered, th this really stood out to me in what I know about your career and you have no idea what I'm fixing to bring nope. up. We live in California and we have dealt with severe forest fires. Now this year we have dealt with rain. <laughs> right. But a couple of years ago, a year and a half or so ago, we were dealing with some pretty, uh, devastating fires that led to whole communities having to be evacuated. You had recently begun work with a family, a couple of children or one child. You literally felt such a burden for that child. His family, if I remember this right, had to be evacuated. This wasn't on your to-do list at work. This was 
a long ways away. I mean, we're, we're talking 30 miles from here, if I remember correctly. And you just kind of put everything else on the side because you had, you had real feelings for this family and this child because you're working this child through the process of their struggle and all of that. And now they're having to evacuate because a raging inferno, I mean, it looks like hell coming his way. You were there loading furniture, getting kids up. And, and, and Jordan, you don't know what that meant to me. That spoke to me that this was more than a job. You didn't have to do that. You're a long way. You're in the, you're in the seclusion of you've become a successful young man. You've got your own place. You, you're secure, drive a nice car, and you've got your spot. But when you heard, you made the trek up into the foothills where hell was on the way. And for me as your pastor looking and thinking, you know, that's, that's what ministry is, where you leave the 99 to go find the one. And I just want to say thank you for all the things that are visible. You're on the stage tonight. We had a powerful service and, and you were one of the worship leaders and you're, you're, you're getting known in circles of worship. But what those people that see you on the stage don't see. And this is the beauty of real ministry is you're out touching the lives every day. And I want to encourage all of you. I know there's a lot that is seen church work, but if you could hear this testimony today and the ministry of brother Jordan Coleman, I know many of you are working in similar fields. The church needs you. Our community needs you. And don't ever underestimate the power of your witness, of your life and your ministry. Sometimes it's probably a, a long grind. And I know you've had some disappointments because of, I know some children you've worked with have taken their own life. And uh, I saw the tears in your eyes. That hurt yeah. you. That was actually the same family. Really? So the same family that was evacuated. And to put more context on it, it was right after the parents had separated and I get into the situation that is more awkward and chaotic Man. than anything you could think. And the mom just stops in the middle of everything. You could see the fire over the ridge and she goes, can you pray? Wow. And with tears, everybody's crying. People that were there whose houses had burned down that morning were there. And that was so that's a long way from a big stage with 7,000 oh, kids screaming. That's a long way from Sunday night with the bands rocking. That's you and the fires of hell and broken home and emotional needs and, and mental health and spirits of suicide. Right. You don't know the work you're doing. You're fighting hell on the front lines. I want to encourage you, you teachers, you Sunday school teachers, you, you health care workers, you mental uh, folks that are working with mental uh, uh, health, we need you. We value you. And this God quest we're on, it takes us in a lot of places. And they all don't look like Hawaii. They're not all beachfront properties. Properties. When you're on a quest, sometimes there's some struggles and there's some lonely deserts you walk through and you're helping people. And I just want to say thank you to all of you that are working. And Jordan, thank you for being on the podcast today. I want to have you back. These are these are needed discussions. Sure. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again next week on God Quest. God bless. 